Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm Paul White, and it's the 20th day of June. Thanks for joining me today. I hope your week is up and running at a good pace and that you are resting in the free favors of God. And whatever comes your way, just know who you are in Christ. Know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I use that in the contextually proper manner. And that is, things may not go your way. Things may not be easy. Things may come against you. You can do all of it through Christ who gives you the strength. And I encourage you today as you face a new week to do precisely that. We are in 1 Timothy chapter 5, and we are at verse 22. Do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Let's go ahead and add some stuff here. Let's let's, let's read through the end of the chapter, okay? Because I want to show you the contextually... The, the contextually bound importance of these statements. We started doing that a little bit yesterday, but I want to continue. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your frequent infirmities. Some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment, but those of some men follow later. Likewise, the good works of some are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. I cannot say this enough. If context doesn't matter, then Paul is just whipping out a various and unrelated amount of principles that are not even backed by the greater body of his teaching in the New Testament. Everything from paying the elders to accusations against elders to people sinning, um, doing these things with doing things in the church without partiality, not laying hands on people, that's out of the blue, um, not participating in other people's sins, Don't just drink water. Drink a little wine. Some people's sins don't show up today. They show up tomorrow. Some people's good works don't show up today. They show up tomorrow. I present to you this is not a scattershot of multiple principles stacked up at the end of the fifth chapter. Rather, this is all within the context of honoring the elders. And here's why. Because this entire chapter has been the treatment of the church. Treatment of church members, the first two verses. Then 3 to 16, treatment of widows determining who was a real widow and who was not. And they even had some form of enrollment, apparently, for widows to actually be supported by the the funds of the church. And then Paul wants to instruct those that maybe shouldn't be on those roles. And then the elders. This is, quote-unquote, the pastors, those who sort of rule over those churches. And he talks about a lot of things. And one of those things is the fact that they uh, can be paid for what they do and should be paid and that You should protect them from just baseless accusation. It needs to be more than just one person doesn't like something. There needs to be multiple witnesses to to these actions. Um, Those who are sending rebuke in the presence of all, I I think, and we talked about this, I don't think this is run around rebuking people for sin. This seems to be within the context of this statement about elders, and he might even be talking about the elders themselves. That when the elder is found to have been in sin by two or three witnesses, rebuke them publicly so people know you can't lead that way. And it could go the other way, too, that when someone has made a false accusation against the elder, rebuke that because we don't want a church world that is run that way. And then he says, do this without prejudice, do this without partiality. And then 22, don't lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins, keep yourself pure, is not just some statement of when you get into a prayer line, be careful about who you lay hands on. That's how I used to interpret this verse, is like, listen to the Spirit before you lay hands on people. And I think that's a good idea. Listen to the Spirit before you do anything. 
But I don't think that's what Paul's referencing. I think it's all in context. Whenever you ordained someone to be an elder or a pastor, and this is a practice we still, we still do to this day, you laid hands on them as a way of conferring upon them the call upon which they were taking. And Paul says, don't do that hastily. Don't lay your hands of blessing and ordination on just anyone. Do your homework. Figure out if this is the kind of person you want representing your body of believers. And when you lay hands on them to ordain them, may it be done properly. And then verse 23, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for your stomach's sake. To me, it seems as if Paul is still dealing with those false teachers, we've been, which he's been talking about since chapter 4. And it seems that they had probably been pre- preaching and teaching and practicing in abstinence from wine as a matter of principle. And that was their concept of purity. Remember, they had a concept of purity that forbade you to marry, that told you to abstain from certain foods, and I'm thinking it told you to abstain from wine. And Paul says, listen, sometimes you need to drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. Don't only drink water. And he's living in a culture where water was not pure. I don't think a lot of people in the Western world think about this, but for centuries, you couldn't find fresh water. And so to hydrate the human body for a long time, beers and wines would have been the only way because they had at least been purified. Whereas water, potable water is a, my goodness, that's still needed in the world and in some parts of the world. And so Paul's statement of don't just drink water, use a little wine for your stomach, it seems to be in rebuttal to these purity laws that have been passed by some of these false teachers. I don't think this is Paul going, hey, become wine drinkers. But I think in the culture of the day, wine was a, was a staple of the the diet of the culture. And I think there had been some teaching that you didn't need to do it. And I think this is Paul's pushback. Also, this is this shouldn't be missed. And it seems like we miss this a lot. The last phrase of verse 23 for your frequent infirmities, it seems that Timothy and those in Timothy's church had frequent illness. And we like to look back on that early church and go, man, they, they saw sickness, they just healed it. But the truth is, is that Paul doesn't say to Timothy, well, you're sick because God's trying to teach you a lesson. He doesn't say you're sick because you've messed up communion. And he doesn't say you're sick because you don't have enough faith to be healed. He also doesn't say, be thou healed in Jesus' name. He says, drink a little wine for your multiple infirmities. So I'm not saying multiple infirmities are to be applauded. Paul doesn't applaud it, but it's sometimes infirmities are to be expected. And I I trust the Father in each and every one of those situations. I know you do too, but let's not create some idea that that somehow some way these are that you're ungodly if you if you have infirmities and that if you had been a part of the early church, well they would have just prayed those infirmities away. And that leads us to those final two verses. Some men's sins are clearly evident, preceding them to judgment. Some follow later. Likewise, good works are clearly evident, and those that are otherwise cannot be hidden. And again, it seems as if he's talking about elders. Listen, some of these, some of this stuff isn't going to surface until they're gone. So are their good works. And don't forget that. And you could probably say that about a lot of things. We, we don't know exactly what people are up to until they're gone. And that's, that's part of life. Um, and, and in some cases, we don't know what good was always done until people are gone. That concludes, for our purposes, the fifth chapter of 1 Timothy. Tomorrow on the podcast, we will begin the sixth chapter. And we have 
uh, another 10 days, nine or 10 days or so, or eight or nine days, I guess, before the essay edition. And we're going to see how deep, if we can get through this sixth chapter. If not, we'll continue on into July with it. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless.